What a sign it is creaking. We see your lost soul with our wandering eye. There's only one light on, and the darkness is creeping. There's only one light, and the chill in the air. We promise you stories for. Hello friend, come in. Take a look around. When you're done browsing, why not come warm yourself by the fire? We promise we won't bite. We might even tell you a story. Or two. Maybe offer you a biscuit. Or two. Now this week's flavour, guys, I'm pretty excited about it. It's homemade lavender shortbread. Super crumbly, super buttery, and it doesn't taste like soap, so don't worry. Anyway, where were we? Ah yes. If you ever find yourself in the affluent area of Morningside on the south of Edinburgh, head towards 66 Braid Road. There, you will find two unassuming stones nestled into the tarmac, which represent a much darker history than the local boutiques and hipster coffee chains would suggest. In November 1814, as the winter evening was drawing in, two men brutally robbed a local cart driver called David Locke pulling him to the ground and striking him with a pistol, which left him bleeding heavily from a head wound. He had spent the last few days traveling through the Pentland Hills to deliver a horse to a man in Edinburgh. Likely tired from his travels, Locke was unable to put up much of a fight. Luckily, his cries attracted the attention of a local blacksmith who rushed to his aid before any more damage could be done. By then, however, the attackers had disappeared into the evening, stealing the horse and five pounds, which back then was probably around a month's wages. The men accused were Thomas Kelly and Henry O'Neill, labourers who were suspected of several other robberies around Edinburgh. Their reliance on alcohol was well known by the local pubs and they were often found involved in fights. Already hated by the community for their Irish heritage, the pair didn't have much chance of a fair trial. While news reports at the time stated that there were no witnesses to the attack, it is unclear why the pair were suspected, other than their previous crimes and poor reputation. The men were arrested the next morning, immediately being thrown in a small group cell. After a few nights sleeping amongst filth, they were dragged before the judge, who encouraged the jury to make a swift decision. Without even retiring to debate, the jury convicted them both as guilty. By today's standard, this is incredibly unfair. But at the time, highway robbery was seen as one of the most heinous crimes you could commit. Almost all travellers were required to carry cash and valuables on long journeys. 
so while it was a pretty easy crime to commit, with a potentially massive payoff, it would most likely lead to capital punishment. After sentencing the two men to death, the judge decreed that being hung at the toll booth, where criminals in Edinburgh were typically sent to death, was not severe enough, and that as an example to all wrongdoers, they should instead die at the site of their final crime. Two large flagstones were brought to Braid Road and laid mere inches from the puddle of David Locke's blood. Gibbets were erected on the stones upon which the men would be hung. On a bitterly cold morning in January 1815, Kelly and O'Neill were taken from their cell and led in a procession of the condemned by high constables, city officials and clergymen, which lasted three miles through the city. They were followed by a large crowd of locals who braved a violent snowstorm to see their own morbid idea of justice being served. As the hangman pulled the lever to drop the trapdoor, Kelly's neck snapped immediately, the sound echoing in the silent snowfall. O'Neill, however, flailed violently, the rope clearly tied too close to his neck. After a few desperate minutes, he finally stopped moving and a cheer rang out through the crowd. The next morning, their bodies were wrapped in chains and left hanging as a warning to all. It's not clear how long they were left there, but in 1879, Robert Louis Stevenson wrote that he had been shown the flagstones as a child, quoted as saying it was a crow-haunted gibbet where two bodies hung in chains. Nowadays, local folklore has become far more sympathetic to the two men, with serious questions raised about the validity of their convictions especially due to the prejudice against Irish people at the time. It's also widely believed that they may have only stolen fourpence, which is far less egregious a crime in my opinion. Today, when cars turn down Braid Road, drivers probably assume they're going over a speed bump. This unassuming residential area, like most of Edinburgh, has had its share of ghostly rumours. If you do choose to visit, be aware that when the snow falls, you may just hear the snap of a rope. The year is 1440, and it is early winter in the city of Edinburgh. Already the city is blisteringly cold, and no amount of logs fed to the grand fireplaces in Edinburgh Castle can keep the ancient structure warm. The castle itself is over 3,000 years old, an inconceivable age for the 6th Earl of Douglas, 16-year-old William, and his 10-year-old brother David. A year ago, their father, Archibald Douglas, had still been Regent of Scotland, as the King, James II, was only seven when his father was assassinated, and the burden of the crown passed down to him. But now, all that had changed. William and David's father had died only two years into his regency, leaving his young heirs the vast power of the Douglas clan and all of the dangers which came with it, including a possible claim to the throne. You see, as the brothers took their places at the banquet that night, they weren't just dining with the young king, they were also dining with family. The Douglas clan, arguably the most powerful in Scotland at the time, were cousins to the Stuarts who held the crown. In fact, as James II got older, 
he would find that, like Ivy, the Douglas's positions were so many that they choked his reign, and he would be repeatedly forced to try and cut them back. But it wasn't James II, still just a child himself, who had ordered this banquet, and it's reasonable to believe that he had no idea the horrors he would witness that night. His current regents, Lord William Crichton and Sir Alexander Livingston, wanted to stamp out any claim from his rivals and keep their power for as long as possible. The trouble first started with the claims that James II's father, James I, was not the rightful king. James I's grandfather had been married twice and had had children by each of his wives. James I was descended from the first marriage and there were those who believed that Sir Robert Graham, descended from the second marriage, was the true king of Scotland. To this end, Graham and his men staged an attack on James I, his wife Joan, and their household while they were spending Christmas in Perth. Once they realised what was happening, they tried to lock the doors, only to find that one of James's men had turned against him and broken the locks. One of Joan's ladies-in-waiting, Catherine, pushed her arm through the handle to bar the door and subsequently had it snapped and broken when the attackers barged in. The king tried to hide under the floorboards but was found and stabbed to death. Joan survived and made it to safety, swearing revenge upon her husband's murderers. When the traitors were captured, they were dragged naked through the streets and stabbed to death with hot pokers. Joan sent a pretty severe message that she was not to be messed with. Despite her attempts to be made regent for her son, now King James II, the Scottish people were hesitant to have an Englishwoman in charge. And here's the rub. Joan's next move was to marry into the Douglas family, a smart move if she wanted to retain any sort of power, and the head of the Douglas clan was declared regent. But there were those who saw the Douglases as too powerful, and thus, when Crichton and Livingston came to power, they sought to take down this family as a major player at court. It can only be imagined that the boys, William and David Douglas, enjoyed the feast. Surely any meal served at the castle would feature only the best cuisine of mid-15th century Scotland. Heaps of meat and game across the table, washed down with plentiful beer. But when a large platter was revealed to them at the end of the meal, and the lid was lifted to reveal the freshly severed head of a large black bull, there was no way the boys could have mistaken it for dessert. This was not the next course. This was their sentencing. Scottish folklore has it that presenting the head of a black bull at dinner meant the death of your primary guests. You can imagine the shock and understanding registering on the boys' faces at the realisation that they had just eaten their last meal. According to history, the young James II was just as shocked by the sight. Dragged through the castle, the brothers were taken to Castle Hill and given a mock trial before being beheaded, thus sending a brutal message to the Douglas clan that the throne was not theirs for the taking. The Douglases, of course, swore their revenge, with Sir Livingston eventually becoming a close ally despite the part he had to play in the murder of two innocent boys in what has now come to be known as the Black Dinner. When he came to power, James II went on to imprison and kill many members of the Livingston and Douglas families in order to try and secure his throne. 
After fighting so hard to keep his crown, King James II of Scotland went on to support his mother's family, the Lancasters, in the Wars of the Roses. It was during the besieging of Roxburgh Castle that he stood too close to a cannon which misfired and was struck by debris. He was hit in the thigh and death followed quickly after. His son, James III, would go on to become yet another child monarch of Scotland who would have to fight for his crown. Edinburgh Castle is on most tourists' bucket list when they visit the capital city. Far from hiding its gruesome past, the tour guides delight in shocking guests with tales of murder, witchcraft and randy royals. The dungeons are particularly rich with history, with many visitors claiming to have captured photographs of coloured orbs and ethereal clouds of mist on otherwise clear days. There are several notable ghosts in the castle's lore, including the headless drummer boy and obviously Lady Janet. But one that isn't as well known is someone that we like to call the Dung Prisoner. If you were unlucky enough to be locked up in the castle dungeons, you could expect to be beaten and tortured. Now many people died from their injuries, or more commonly, disease or starvation. One desperate prisoner decided to attempt escape by hiding in a wheelbarrow, which was filled with animal dung. Thinking that he would be wheeled out of the castle and down the Royal Mile where he could escape to freedom. However, what he didn't anticipate was how the servants actually disposed of the dung. One evening, the pretty unlucky stable boy wheeled the dung over to the edge and emptied it down the rocky slopes of the castle sending the prisoner plummeting to his death. Several visitors have claimed that they have felt ghostly hands trying to push them from the battlements, followed by a strong and unpleasant smell of dung. Hey, this is Jasper. And this is Meg. And you've been listening to us. <laughs> you have, yeah. Wandering Thanks Eye so Curious. Yes, yes, we are um, Wandering Eye Curious. We hope that you've enjoyed um, the stories that we've brought to you today, an assortment from Scottish history. Um, this is actually only the, uh, the first half of uh, the first episode, so if you enjoyed it, um, go ahead and uh, click on the, the next episode, which should be just there, uh, if you feel like it. <laughs> it features a cannibal, if that entices you. If it's your thing. Mm. If, if cannibalism is... The hot topic of uh, 2020. I mean, it's probably not, considering yeah. everything else. I There's been some not, other things. I feel like it's the only thing that hasn't happened this year. It's like a big story involving... That's October. Cannibalism. Yeah, it's coming for us. That sounds a lot darker Mm. than it was 
meant to. You'll notice that these little bits at the end of our podcasts are our true personalities mm-hmm. and we try mm-hmm. and keep mm-hmm. it really professional for the stories because, you know, we like to tell a good story. We like to possibly, you know, maybe creep you out, inform you. But if you actually want to understand what knowing us in real life is like, it's this bit. This is it. Yeah, yeah this, 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 is, this is definitely it when we're not scripted uh, and we can just... I, I mean, this section is called Shit Talk. So I think, I hope that gives off the vibe that we're going yeah. for um, in this scenario. But mostly it's just to let you know sort of what's what's happening with the podcast at the moment. Um, and also as we are lovers of spooky things and I feel like if you've made it this far into the podcast then you probably too are lovers of spooky. So we want to let you know um, about spooky things that we found. And obviously, obviously this week we have to talk about um the fantastic amy marianne so amy marianne is an absolute babe she's an incredible singer songwriter musician um i had the pleasure of meeting her so for anyone who doesn't know i am an illustrator uh, my insta is meg james illustration if anyone wants to, uh, to have, a li- have a little look to the point straight in <laughs> straight in that's where our logo came from Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Amy actually approached me probably last year, I think, um, to illustrate the album cover and the sort of interior illustrations for her debut EP called Nevermind, which is absolutely gorgeous. Oh my god, it's so stunning! It's so beautiful. I can It's literally like four tracks. Yeah. And I think my fiance has just like got so sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well that that sounds bad. <laughs> Listen sounds, to it. No, it's because I'm listening to it so much. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no, Amy's got this stunning ethereal kind of voice. It when she first approached me, obviously as an illustrator, it's an incredible honor to be approached anyway. Uh, and <laughs> any chance for a job is great. <laughs> but um, but no, listening to her music, it's what I imagine um, would be playing if you read traditional fairy tales Mm -hmm. it's beautiful if i was lost in a forest and it started playing i'd be like yeah yeah i describe it as like you should be wearing like a white smock Mm -hmm. walking out into the middle of a lake in a forest yeah fog is a must Mm -hmm. um yeah and if if you decide to do that and Mm -hmm. that is your calling in life we support you we support you and also you should play this music yeah why are we doing that? <laughs> really, really, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she she's incredible. She's done a couple of other um, tracks, but the four main ones are going to be featured on the Nevermind EP. Uh, and as she is also a spooky babe, mm-hmm. it's going to be released on our favourite day, the 31st of October, yes. which we very much appreciate. Um, if you, She is on SoundCloud, on Bandcamp, uh, on Instagram, and her name is Amy Marianne. And Marianne has two R's and two M's, so mm-hmm. don't miss that out. Um, and if you go to Bandcamp at the moment, um, if you pre-order before the 9th of October, you'll get 10% off the full price. Um, but even if you miss that opportunity, she's absolutely worth the full price. She's an incredible, incredible singer. Um, and what we haven't yet said is that she provided the <laughs> I music. Was say, yes, yeah, so she provided the music. The for music our theme. that you hear at the beginning yes. is actually the two of us um, doing our best to sing. Uh, lyrics are by me, but Amy did the beautiful backing music, mm. and we're hoping that she can she can do some more backing music mm. for us in the future because we just we absolutely love the work that she mm. does and. 
I think my ideal life is being a spooky creative that works with other spooky creatives. 100%. Um, so if you're a spooky musician, get in touch. Hit us up. Um, yeah, and I'll be doing a lot of sort of illustrations for the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, for our Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're considering a Patreon, um, which may have some special uh, original some illustrations, goodies, some, merch. some extra podcasts, um, or like stories that mm-hmm. we don't tell you that are relating to the main podcast of the week, um, which is great because normally there is way too much to actually yeah. cram into. Uh, the time that we that we have it just it just it goes mm. so fast and doesn't help when we're doing this at the end and taking up <laughs> yeah but it wouldn't time. be our podcast if we didn't it absolutely wouldn't didn't be do this. No. but yeah if you are a spooky creative if you're a musician if you're a writer if you're an artist um, please get in contact if you like us feel free to follow our Instagram please recommend us to your friends give us a lovely review five stars would be preferred on instagram we are at wondering eye curios uh, so come find us over there we've got some cool spooky pictures um and if you just want to co- keep up with any news and we'll also let you know um when uh, episodes are uploaded but hopefully if you're subscribing by like apple Podcasts or anyone then they'll probably let you know themselves um if you've got your notifications turned on we also love going on spooky road trips and visiting mm. weird little things. So if you keep an eye on the Instagram stories, mm-hmm. we'll both be uploading um, lots of different fun things. And we'll also like to feature um, lovely shops that we find that sell spooky decor. We went on a ghost tour. We did. Literally last week we yeah. we went on, I don't know when last week will be in relation to when you're hearing it, but just know that it was in September at mm-hmm. some point. Um, yeah, we, we went on a, like, for all the time like three years that we've lived in Edinburgh um a few years time spent two two years four months okay oh oh okay fine (laughs) we're playing that game yes we are um but we we went on a fantastic tour um I think Meg's got the details yeah so it was city explorers tours uh our host uh was called Fraser Mm -hmm. it was very funny Mm -hmm. very interesting very brilliant not helpful um (laughs) And it was completely free, which is great. Um, but at the end, you're sort of encouraged to tip, which we were absolutely happy to do. And there was a fantastic moment where sort of a lot of people, there was quite a lot of people on the tour, which we weren't sure about with COVID. Um, everyone had masks on, everyone was distancing. I, I think we need to say that now. We were yeah. sp- split by household and it was a walking tour, but we, we didn't walk too far. I mean, to be honest, in Edinburgh, if you want to find ghosts, you basically just need to turn in a circle and you'll find seven. Um, specifically um but yeah so we we stood together in our little household and um had our masks on and yeah it was fine it was very very safely distanced apart from the 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 randoms who decided to walk yes across the middle of the group don't do that yeah please don't be that person and if you are that person bad we hate hate you bad don't do that disrespect um it it was a brilliant tour Mm -hmm. um i think for for people who know at least some of Edinburgh's history and if you come here then you know that some really creepy shit some really weird and dark and gruesome shit has gone down um and so you might already know some of the stories um I think there was a lot in there that we we recognized or we'd read about but it's always always great to hear it from someone else because 
the story is never quite the same or there's like a tidbit of information where you suddenly go oh oh so that fits in there like i i, I suddenly understand uh where that's coming from which is is really cool uh just to keep sort of expanding your your knowledge that way but jesus like i have sat inside on my ass for like six months and i have not had to stand up for like how long was it was it two hours two hour an hour half. oh god for literally an hour and a half straight and like my back my legs yeah what we're saying is there's a reason this is a podcast <laughs> yeah and not a youtube no that we're sat down right now we are very much sat down yes we have our chai lattes mm -hmm. everything's cozy mm -hmm. it's all good but yeah highly highly recommend uh, city explorer tours as far as mm -hmm. i'm aware they do several different ones so it's not just sort of spooky themed if you're afraid of that kind of thing although if, although if you are no one jumps out one of the no. reasons we went on this one was because mm. while it's billed as a free tour you do have the option to tip at the end and of course everyone tipped because he, he was a great tour guide yeah he's great. Uh, he absolutely earned it um, but because it's free, we were like, no one's going to be paid to jump out at us hey. wearing a crappy costume. We're not going to accidentally punch anyone in the mm. face, which for us is a concern. Yes. Um, so, yeah, go for the cheap ones mm. if you don't want anyone to jump out at you. The good thing as well, obviously, that we avoided that, but as we were coming out of Greyfriars Kirkyard, mm. Kirkyard? Churchyard? Kirk is just the Kirk. old word for church okay, in good. Scottish. That's fine. Um, as we were coming out, uh, sort of nearing the end of the tour, a lovely plague doctor um, oh my God, left, left the graveyard. It was incredible. Full uh, full cloak, full mask. I had uh, this walking stick that he stick. like swung up onto his shoulder and mm. like strolled off whistling. It was very like... sexy. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gents. Well, you know. Meg James. Mm. <laughs> It was a very cool costume. Yeah. And he didn't even appear to be a tour guide. Oh he no, just he was just in the graveyard. aesthetic goals. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially during a pandemic. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, someone else who I want to put forward is um, a YouTuber I've been watching a lot lately. And if you like historic dress, uh, she is fantastic. Her name is Bernadette uh, Banner. She is a dress historian. You can find her on YouTube at Bernadette Banner. And she does these amazing recreations of um, these like vintage outfits. A lot of what she wears is from the Edwardian era. And it, it's kind of strange watching her on YouTube because it's almost like she stepped out of the Edwardian yeah. times. Not for her humor, she loves a meme. <laughs> um, and if you like guinea pigs, then you'll see hers who gets to run around the apartment to his heart's content. Um, Cesario, I think his name is. Anyway, he's a very large boy and he's very cute. Um, but she has a brilliant episode um, which looks at uh, PPE through the ages. And I don't, I don't think she intended to be, but it ends up being a really myth-busting kind of thing. And it, it's a little bit sad when you realise sort of who perpetuated the idea of, you know, the, the whole plague doctor get up and that kind of thing. But it's very, very interesting. And she talks a bit about the uh, the, inf the the Spanish influenza in the early 1900s. Um, and actually, we found this on our walking tour as well, where Fraser, our, our tour guide, was talking about um, restrictions that were taken uh, during the 11 times, mm. 11 times, 
that um, Edinburgh had the plague and it's literally, it is no different to what we're doing now, like hundreds of years later and we're doing the same thing. It was very weird being mm. told these stories while all distancing and wearing masks. Yeah, really because surreal. Because there's so many links to COVID. It's just, it's yeah. very, very interesting. I guess the big difference though being that it, no one's wandering around with open sores. Yeah. And There's uh, no buboes so far. No, which I'm really glad of, but yeah. y you would think that if if there were, people wouldn't be flaunting. I mean, that's probably why they had to break people up. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the plague. <laughs> <laughs> you're a knob, get in the house. <laughs> Let me break you up. <laughs> yeah, you're not infectious. We're just sick of looking at you. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, the um, people who were just flaunting the rules and, like... Do you mean flouting the rules? I mean, if they're doing it with flair, then they were also mm. flaunting. I thought you were going to say flaunting their bubos. And oh. that's a whole other thing. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So don't flaunt your bubos and don't flout the rules, please. If you take anything away from today, it's that. Don't flaunt your bubos. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, uh, some merch <laughs> from the Wandering Eye Curios. Don't flaunt, can we don't do flaunt that your bubos. Yes, we can. Yeah. I'll illustrate something. Oh my god, fantastic. Um, I think this is probably a good point to wrap it up. So, just for the ending. Oh my god, yes. Don't forget. How could I forget? At the end of every episode, we're going to leave you with an extra story. And as we're mostly doing strange Scottish tales for the month of October, and because some of the ones we've talked about today have been really quite nasty, I think you'll agree if you don't. What is your definition of nasty? Um, so we are going to tell you about Sir Nils Olav III, mm. and he sounds like some kind of grand duke. An esteemed gentleman. Yeah, mm. right? Um, f from like maybe 300 years ago, you're probably, you know, thinking handlebar, moustache, and uh, yeah, right? Regal, he's mm. probably got a sword on his hip, so I, I hope that you will be as filled with joy as we are when I tell you that he is a uh, a penguin. Mm. Uh, Sir Nils Olav III is uh, a brigadier mm. who he officially holds the rank of brigadier. He um, he's the mascot for the Norwegian Guard and was actually uh, adopted um, back in 1972 by King Olav, who is the king of Norway. Now he resides at Edinburgh Zoo. Um, as he was a gift, I suppose, because normal people gift penguins. Um, I mean, if you have the money, you do. I'd love to. Mm. Except not, because... Your flat's too small. Wait, can you imagine that just, like... It'd be bad. Yeah, penguin shit everywhere. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it's a, it seems to be a part of a tradition whereby the Norwegians gift Edinburgh a, uh, a I think he is uh, an emperor penguin. Um, and so he's quite large compared to the other penguins which are there and he tends to stand off on his own. Mm. Uh, and he just, he is just wonderful. We've only ever seen his back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a very solemn figure. Um, but he uh, was originally promoted uh, to the military in 1982, uh, where he was made a corporal, 
He has subsequently been made sergeant in 87, uh, regimental sergeant major in 93, honourable regimental sergeant major in 2001, which those two kind of sound like scapegoats, I don't know. Uh, but he was made colonel-in-chief in 2005. He was given a knighthood in 2008, hence sir. And in 2016, four years ago, he was made a brigadier. So I guess next he'll be like a brigadier general. Is that how military rank works? I've no idea, but damn, that is some career progression. He is not only older than both of us, <laughs> but he, much higher he is ranks. more successful. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it ever comes down to it, and it's like, we've lost everyone in charge of the country, who do we go to next? I feel like at some point we're going to get to Sir Olav. Sounds good. And honestly, if it comes down to it, you should probably be asking a penguin before you ask either of us advice about national security. I bet he's got some great ideas. Probably. Um, but on that note, um, I have been Jasper. I have been Meg. The uh, podcast was produced by me. Uh, lyrics also written by me, me being Jasper. Um, are research was done by ourselves for the um stories that we individually read out and of course our music was uh created by amy marianne and, and illustrations by me thank oh you. yes yes that too hit us up on instagram and subscribe bye bye